Hey everyone, this is another episode of Cinematics, and I actually, this is weird because this is maybe the third time we're doing this, but big news in the Cinematics universe, I am joined by my Find Your Film co-hosts, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes. Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes, by the way, are, they, they've known Anderson Cowan for, for a bunch of years, they listen to the Film Vault, they've been listening to Cinematics, so moving forward at the top of the month... Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes will be part of the Cinematics family. They will do. They will top off every the top of the month with talking about the first two weeks of the month. Maybe previewing a couple of movies from each week. We have a couple of reviews for each week for the week of January seventh and the week of January fourteenth. Anderson, by the way, is not MIA. We Anderson and I plan this. Anderson will come in at the middle of the month, and he and I will do a full-on Cinematics episode covering the rest of each month. So I don't know if that makes sense. Bruce Porky, am I making any sense whatsoever regarding this, these changes in cinematics? It was, uh, I went right beyond my head. I don't have a clue what you're, you're talking about. No, there's no value. I'm old though, there, so there, you know, I'm, you saw The Father, right? You saw The Father last year? Yeah, I don't remember. I keep looking up, I keep seeing Anderson, <laughs> I leave, you know, and I look up again and it's you. I don't know what's happening. Okay, so that's no value, Bruce, and, and including mine, which is zero value. So you and I, zero plus zero is zero. So Eric zero Holmes, zero plus uh, zero is zero. Oh wait, that better not be some kind of music lines. Don't do the music lines. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm editing. You know what? I'm gonna have. I'm gonna send this file to Anderson. Make him edit and make him finally hate you. You know what, Eric Holmes? Since Bruce is a zero, I'm a zero. You're gonna have to pick up the slack. Are you the next Anderson Cowan for cinematics? Will you replace the fire and the passion of Anderson Cowan at the top of every month for cinematics? Can you do that? No. No? What, what is, what's going on? So if I'm a zero, Bruce is a zero, what are you? A, a one? A one and a zero? Zeros and ones? Anderson zeros and zeros ones. ones. Yes. Zeros and ones. Are you there the one? You are you the one, Eric Holmes? I'm going to uh, give you two hours of nothing but just a bunch of confusing mess. And mm-hmm. then the post-credits will bring it all together. By not bringing it together yeah, yeah, yeah. at all. This is, you know, we're losing cinematics listeners, viewers by by the second. Bruce Porky, as as you've listened to cinematics since 2015, what do you like about this podcast? Just me being the narcissist. Well, uh, yes, you being the narcissist. Yeah. That's what no, I like. Don't, about don't you dare laugh, Eric. Just you were saying, no, Greg, you're not a narcissist, are you? Oh, just, sorry. Just, no, Greg. I, Greg, you're I not mean, a okay, uh, genuinely, I like. <laughs> I genuinely like the the interplay between uh, you and Anderson. It's it's. You have very different personalities and different tastes, and I like that. I especially like uh, when you like something that Anderson just can't believe that you like, <laughs> and it just aggravates him to no end. That's very fun. Um, yeah. And you guys always bring something to the table I, that I haven't heard of or wasn't aware of, and, it, and I put it down, write it down, jot it down, and try to get to it. Now, here's you a both, pl- and you both yes, have sir. thick. You both have thick lady parts, so we, we, we both have thick lady parts. We're, we're a fam- This is a family program. Yes, we do have thick lady parts. Remember, Eric Holmes, you swear a lot, a ton. You and Bruce swear a ton on our Find Your Film podcast. Remember, now at the top of the month, you are washing your mouth with soap and no expletives or any of that stuff. This is a family program. And when when he created the show, Anderson Cowan made it a family friendly program. Do you understand, Eric Holmes? No. No, no, no. You're, Eric Holmes has actually is going to be anchoring actually the cinematics episode because he has a very interesting animated. Yes, you are. Yeah, don't don't be surprised because you're making me nervous. This you're you're going to be reviewing a movie from January 14th. This is going to be very value added. It's an animated film called Bell. By the way, Bruce Perky he has seen half of it, so there's going to be a little bit of a tease review from Bruce Perky as well. Also, Bruce. We are going to you're you're going to be reviewing a big movie that one of your favorite films this year. Can you tell our listeners what you and Eric will be talking about to pretty much almost close the show? Yeah, we'll be talking about Meander, which isn't a big movie as far as budget goes and as far as release goes, but I, I really liked it a lot this last year. And uh, Eric watched it. We'll talk about it a little bit, and at some point you will watch it, and then we'll get into spoilers at some point down the road, maybe on our other incarnation, which is what. Right. It's called. It's called. Find your film. We call it FYF. We call it the, the show that only my my mom and our fellow parents listen to. Does anyone else listen to our show, Eric Holmes, on Find Your Film, other than us three and our our parents and our family? Um. Well, no. someone does. I, I don't know who that would be, but I'm, I'm sure <laughs> someone does. No, no, we we do have. A, we're having a growing listenership. We're going to be uh, talking about Meander. And also for this first week, let's start off with January. Oh, before we start off, I just want one more plug. 
Our Cinematics Facebook group, here's the thing, Anderson Cowan does not participate in the group. I am not casting aspersions on Mr. Cowan. He is not a social media type of per- person. But one of the great things about being part of the Cinematics universe and the Find Your Film universe is the members in our group. I think, to be honest, I've been... Eric and Bruce really know this. Since April, I have been addicted to cryptocurrency. So my love and passion for cinema has... Oh, no, it hasn't waned. It's just ebbed ebbed and flowed. But Bruce, can you speak to the fact that really a big part of what we're doing for these podcasters, the members have really, really stepped it up. And it's a great part of what we're doing as podcasters just to get to know some of these members. Yeah, I mean... On a weekly basis, they put us to shame, I think. I mean, yes. we had the 500 movie challenge, and I, at least two, if not more, well, no, more more than that, beat the 500 challenge, and at least two beat 600 movies last year. My goodness. So, and, and I was just over 400 last year, and I don't even know how I got there, so I don't know how you get that far. But um, they're they're pretty incredible. And they're always coming up with movies that I haven't heard of or that I've like, oh my gosh, I need to see that, so... Yes, and Eric Holmes, do you like the group members? Have you learned a lot about cinema, cinema from our those the Cinematics Facebook group members as well? Yeah, pretty much what uh, what uh, Bruce said. Um, it, you know, especially from uh, like Matt Stillman and Joseph Bridges, they're always throwing uh, throwing a bunch of weird curveballs, and uh, some of them you go and check out, and they're they're usually pretty good. Um, I'm especially uh, fond of the cinematics uh, Facebook users that agree with me on Don't Look Up because uh, they're oh, truly oh, the you're... cinematic elite. Uh, they have wonderful tastes. We thank you, thank you. We Bruce, were you one of the people who supported Eric Holmes and his assertion that Don't Look Up was probably just a, one of the strong movies? If I recall, Eric Holmes gave Don't Look Up. Oh, I can speak to Bruce on this. Yes, he does agree with me because Bruce also has wonderful taste. Yes, Bruce, do you, do you have any comments? On this? He made me pay for to get his review. I don't know why he made me do that, and then I kept <laughs> making me pay for it. I don't, I don't get it. Well, look, here's the thing about Don't Look Up. We haven't mentioned this on Cinematics. Both Bruce Perky and I really disliked Don't Look Up. I went on a huge like ten minute diatribe on how much I did not like the movie. And I feel very bad because Bruce and I were beating up on Eric pretty much the entire episode. He, Eric Holmes gave it five stars. In all fairness, though, on, on our Cinematics Facebook group, the reactions we've been getting, Eric, have you been really? has it been really cool for you just to see people like me and Bruce, we don't like it. There's been a groundswell of anti-don't-look-up people, but then there's been a, a groundswell of people who really love the movie. That, that's what movie talk is all about, right? Is that, is that a big part of like why we do this, just to have these kind of discussions? Yeah. Yeah, you just have a, if everyone thought the same thing, um, you would just have one reviewer say it's good. And then everyone says, okay, I guess I'll watch that one. This one's bad. And then no one watches a bad one because everyone's opinion is the same, right? Eric Holmes for Don't Look Up. We're going to close this Don't Look Up segment. You have the final say on Don't Look Up. Cinematics listeners should check out Don't Look Up on Netflix because what? I, I Shoot, I don't know. They probably shouldn't. <laughs> I think it's great. You know I what? Think, you know I what? Think, I think it's great, but so many people hate that movie that it's like, ah, oh, shit. Bleep that out. You um, know, Eric, you had your shot. <laughs> Bruce Perky, people, cinematics listeners should see Don't Look Up because of what? Well, you don't know where you stand on this fiery debate if you haven't watched the movie. Yeah. Very, go. very good. Again, Eric Holmes gives it a five-star. He says it's a five-star banger. He really enjoyed it. Bruce and I do not think it banged anything at all, except did it bang anything, Bruce? Did, did Don't Look Up bang anything for you? I, I said it beat something, maybe a dead horse, but it didn't bang anything. <laughs> very good, Bruce. Very, very good. By the way, Eric Holmes, you are the mo- most sentimental out of the three. You want to say something to our buddy, our better Anderson Cowan, who's probably listening to this episode as, as well and will be back middle of the month. You want to say something to him? Yes, Anderson, the- you should be doing better things with your life than listening to this, but I appreciate it, and I love you, and I want to give you big hugs. Very, very good. Now, that's where the Cinematics Facebook group, by the way, I also give Blu-rays and DVDs every week. That's my sort of mea culpa for members. If you're a member of our Cinematics Facebook group, you're entered to my weekly DVD and Blu-ray giveaways. That's enough of, enough of the plugging. Let's get get to the January 7th and January 14th weeks, January 7th. I'm going to start off with a movie called The Tender Bar. It's directed by George Clooney, and it stars Ben Affleck and Ty Sheridan. 
Very interesting movie, Amazon Prime Video. Bruce Perky, Eric Holmes, are you interested in what in watching this movie called The Tender Bar, which stars Ben Affleck? Will you guys be watching this movie this weekend at all? Um, I'm not a big fan of cute puns. Um, anytime a movie has a cute pun for a title, I'm already it's already got a uphill battle uh, mm. for my attention. So right away. Uh, not so much, but we'll see what we'll see what Greg thinks. If Greg thinks it's uh, fantastic, maybe I'll give it a shot. You know, I, I posted on our Facebook group, on Cinematics Facebook group, about the tender bar regarding Ben Affleck. Is he an underrated actor? What are some of their favorite per- Ben Affleck performances? Matt Stillman mentioned Dazed and Confused. Very, very good. You guys have anything to say? Do you remember him in Dazed and Confused, guys? Did you like him in that? Yeah, he's, he's uh, pretty good in that. Pretty good in uh, Mallrats. Mall rats, uh, yes. Doing things in the back. They counted. Did you say they count? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you say they counted, Eric Holmes? Did you say he was? Brilliant? I like. I like the account. Thank you. Wait, thank you, Anderson's. For... Anderson, stop listening. Yeah, Greg, and, I like and, the account. And, uh, you know what? I kept on telling Anderson that I really loved the accountant, but Anderson had to chew me out and he said, "No, you know, it's it's. I know you liked it, Greg, but I loved it. So that was interesting. Uh, um, Bruce, anything else about you? <laughs> anything else? Uh, any favorite uh, Ben Affleck performances? I know. Um, he, he's pretty good in Chasing Amy. I like him in Goodwill Hunting. I mean, he's fine. He, you he's know, fine. You know what his he's... best performance is? Smoking Aces when he's dead, but he gets the assist from Chris Pine. Oh, it's yeah. okay. I was just at the wrong place. It's wrong time. He's moving his lips like that. Yes, yes. Very, very I good. I truly believe Ben Affleck was dead at that point spoiler alert by the way alec vasquez mentions he loved him in the way back how could we forget gone girl he's brilliant in gone girl argo and extra no no oh bruce did you just say you said no he was never been brilliant in anything (laughs) come on argo said like that's a good movie you know what as far as like you know him doing the writing and directing you know that that's really good but yeah, I, th- I think a lot of people confuse like, uh, "Ooh, it's a good movie," therefore the the acting's real good or the editing's real good. And it's like that's not always the case. Sometimes a good movie is good in spite of those things. You know, they they right. can be fine, but I I don't I I didn't watch Argo going holy holy moly. Did you see Ben Affleck's performance? <laughs> exactly. That, that that is not what I took away from Argo. Well, see Ben Affleck also in the, you know, I was going to say the tender bar. Go see him in Changing Lanes. He's very, very good. And also Bruce Perky, I just remembered what you just said, that Ben Affleck has never been brilliant in any performance. Listeners, cinematics listeners, do you rebut Bruce Perky's assertion that Ben Affleck has never been brilliant? How dare you, Bruce Perky? Go back to your room and watch. Go back now, leave, and and go watch Don't Look Up Again. That's your premise. I'll give you the perfect perfect description of Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is the Denny's of actors. He's... (laughs) He's he's fine. Like when you're hungry and it's like two in the morning. I mean, you'll go there. You'll get you'll get a plate of something. It'll fill your belly. Chicken fried steaks not so bad at my Denny's. I'm telling you. Yeah, but okay, it's it's great. It's good. He said Denny's of actors. Very good. He he was really good in Smoking Aces when he was dead. You know what he was really great in? Okay, and like no joke. That meme where he's outside smoking. He's like, oh god, like just he hates his life. Yes, that was you very, seen the meme? That, that, yeah, that really was good. Very, in that. Very, I, very good. I, that's probably thank the you. best acting he's done ever. That, and thank I think you. he thank, really thank felt you, it. Yeah, I will never I will never defend Don't Look Up ever again in my, my entire life. <laughs> but, Eric, will I defend the tender bar which hits Amazon Prime Video on the, January 7th, the first week of this month? The tender bar, again, re, re, uh, directed by George Clooney, centers on J.R., played by Ty Sheridan. This is set somewhere in the 80s. JR is a kid growing up in Long Island. Okay, Long Island, New York. His dad is a little bit of a deadbeat dad. His dad is a radio DJ and he's never around. He's pretty much a fatherless kid, this JR guy. Uh, Ty Sheridan plays JR as a young man. And one of the big co stars in this movie is Ben Affleck, who plays Uncle Charlie. Uncle Charlie serves as a surrogate father to JR throughout the rest of the movie. Which also stars Lily Rabe as the the mother of Jr. There's Christopher Lloyd as a grandfather. It's a coming of age story with a whole bunch of vi- vignettes, Long Island vignettes. A lot of the movie is th- is set in the Dickens. That's the name of the bar 
that Ben Affleck serves as the bartender. So it's sort of like a goodwill hunting light type of movie, The Tender Bar. Okay, so I was watching, It's and, and I like George Clooney as a person, as a director and whatnot, but I was watching this movie and I just could not, within the first 20 minutes, I thought this was just an epic waste of time because every single part of The Tender Bar just does not work. The It's just a whole series of just vignettes that fall flat. I love all of the actors here. There's some really interesting moments, but there is no dramatic tension or propulsion to anchor this narrative. I don't mind if The Tender Bar was a safe movie. I just wanted it to be entertaining. I wanted things, I wanted, I wanted dramatic moments to pay off. And Bruce, here's the thing. JR's big dream in his life Growing up in this family in Long Island, it's a very filled house. Christopher Lloyd is the patriarch of the family. It's very crowded. It's a slice-of-life movie. J.R. wants to be a writer. Now, when you have a coming-of-age movie about a writer, let me think, something like Stand By Me, don't you think there'd be a moment where you're going to see some of J.R.'s potentially brilliant writing skills? Do you think, I mean, even though it's a throwaway scene, don't maybe have a, a scene where J.R. is a line from that uttered from JR's mouth from that that shows his his skill don't you think that would even if it's, if it's obligatory would you want to see him at work yeah <laughs> and yeah. you don't i take it <laughs> and you don't all throughout the movie JR says he wants to be a writer he wants to be a writer when he's a kid he wants to be a writer when he's going to college i'm not going to mention which college he goes to he says i want to be a writer i want to be a writer i want to be a writer and he falls in love with a girl in college that's not a spoiler that's a big part of the the plot there's a little bit of a a romance there in college and he tells her he wants to be a writer but we never get into the bones of him being a writer we never get into the bones of these people these are these people are just place cards for a theme to be shoveled in our face like gravy during the holidays and it just absolutely there are moments that i liked but overall this movie the tender bar i was i was waiting for some, a nice tender even just a throwaway christmas netflix movie that eric holmes he's a huge fan of these throwaway uh, christmas movies that are just that are just fun no this was not even at the base level fun we're doing now on Find Your Film, we're doing five stars here. And three stars is the ultimate minimum we give for recommending things. And I think this is how Anderson goes as well. I'm giving The Tender Bar one star just based on the quality of actors involved. They're good. The actors, yes, one star. It's a, it's a very generous one star because I like the actors here. I like everyone involved. But this movie was just so obligatory. It's an obligatory film. And I want you listeners, cinematics listeners, to use that one, I don't know how long this is. I think it's about 114 minutes or whatnot. Even if it was 90 minutes, it would have been a waste of time. I'm so sorry. But yes, opening January 7th on Amazon Prime Video is The Tender Bar, starring Ben Affleck. By the way, Ben Affleck is very good in this movie. Very, very good. I just wish he was working with a better screenplay, a, a more engaged director, and just an overall better, just better project the tender bar is an absolute misfire one star for ben affleck and the talented ensemble that absolutely deserve better we as viewers who are spending 90 minutes to about two hours to watch movies we also deserve better but my humanity humanity fails for me i give the tender bar one star eric holmes what other movies are you looking forward to other than the tender bar this week I'm uh, looking forward to this movie about a grocery store clerk. It's called Store Groceries, and it's a uh, no. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> store Groceries. That sounds that sounds interesting. Then a little bit more interesting than I want. What I've been talking about. So yeah, th- through drive. It's about a uh, person that works at drive through. <laughs> through drive. Yeah, drive through experience. Um, uh, so we doing the uh, we doing the, yeah. Uh, well, the the which call it yeah the uh, the picks what do you, what is there anything this week that you're you're uh, looking forward to seeing so I just got one for January seventh and that is called the Commando and uh, the Commando is directed by Asif Akbar uh, starring Michael Jai White Mickey Rourke Jeff Fahey and I didn't know what this movie was until a couple days ago when we were looking up movies that we were picking. And uh, 
I was like, well, it's got Michael Jai White in it, and he's always good. Uh, it's got Mickey Rourke in it, he's always good. Jeff Fahey, he's usually pretty good. And Jeff, wait, wait, um, wait, 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 he's usually pretty good. Jeff Fahey is a legend. Anything that says Jeff yeah. Fahey, I'm going to watch, right? Come on. I'm, Lawnmower I'm, Man? I'm I mean, come on now. Yeah, Lawnmower Man, yeah. <laughs> there you go. This looks like a fun action movie, and I do love me some action. I do love me some Michael Jai White. And I I checked out the uh, the trailer for this. And it it's I don't think it's a remake of Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger, no. but it's got some similarities. I think I think they borrowed more than a few uh, a few story beats on this, which actually kind of makes me want to watch it even more. So, well, this movie is not about dudes who actually wear pants without any underwear, right? I'm sure Michael Jai White does. His uh, lady parts are. Far too big to for All any. Right. Okay, I, I'm okay. Just stop talking about that. Because uh, <laughs> this is a, this is a family show. Oh right, right. Bring right. the kids. Commando. Okay, hey, kids, yes, you wanna yes, see, yes, yes. You want to see Commando? You want to watch some blow em ups? An R-rated flick? Yes. Check it out. Um, yeah, it, it just looks like a fun action movie, and I'm here for it. Probably not for everyone, but more than likely for me. Okay, that is Eric Holmes's pick for January seventh. That is from Saban Films. It's called The Commando. It's in, I believe it's in theaters. In theaters, on digital, and on demand January 7th. Bruce Perky, we're throwing it to you for January 7th. What are you excited to watch? Uh, a couple of things. Well, one I'm really excited to watch, and that's A Hero by Asghar Farhadi, um, who, and I haven't seen A Separation, but I've heard many great things about A Separation, and I believe it's the same director. Um I think it's from Amazon Studios. I think it gets very limited release on the 7th, and I think it goes a little wider after that. I don't know too much about it, but I don't like to look ahead too much on these kind of movies. Uh, it sounds like he's in prison, and he has a two-day prison leave, and while he's out, he is trying to solve or get rid of a debt, and it sounds like things go awry. Uh, it looks very interesting. Yes, very good. This is a hero from Asgar for Hadi. Like Bruce says, it hits theaters January seventh. It's getting a lot, it's its share of critical acclaim. Here's the thing, though, for people like me who don't like to go to theaters yet and or want to save money, it's going to be available on Prime Video January twenty first as well. So again, a hero. Some of you who are real huge cinephiles, this is Iran's official submission for the ninety fourth Academy Awards. And it comes out in select theaters, like Bruce said, this Friday. But then again, Amazon Prime Video, which I think most of us will see by on uh, January 21st. And who knows, by January 21st, maybe Bruce might actually watch A Separation as well and give further context at the brilliance of this filmmaker. Eric Holmes, you, you look very pensive. What you got in your in your noggin? Uh, for January 14th, uh, I guess we'll start with uh, Shattered. Oh. Um, directed yeah? by Louis Pretro and written by David Lowry. Not that one. Oh, right. And, I was wondering. Uh, yeah. It's a rich divorcee Chris falls in love with a mysterious woman, Sky, where Chris, ex-wife, and his child eventually gets trapped in de- in a desperate fight for survival, will most likely ensue. Um, saw the uh, trailer for this guy too, and it looks like the Cameron Monaghan. Um, he's uh, basically trapped in this house and tortured, and uh, Jamie, played by Sasha Luce, is basically torturing torturing him and he tries to get out and uh, um, Frank Grillo get some Frank Grillo action in there uh, he's like hey I'll help you out buddy and he brings him right back to the house because Frank Grillo's in on it too and we're going to see what comes of this uh, looks like a, maybe a torture porn a fun, uh, fun kind of uh, black comedy sort of thing similar to the trip maybe um might not be as good, you know, since it's January, but you know, it's got Frank Grillo in it, and you gotta you gotta get your uh, Frank Grillo vitamins in every once in a while. You know, my, the running theme with cinematics and find your film is, and I ever opened my emails. I just opened up an email from a, a publicist from December seventh, offering me an interview with the director of Shattered. I should have responded, sure, I'd do the interview, but this is this being January whatever, January fifth, or what day is today? Uh, is it January said, Bruce? January six? Yes. Fifth. He said yes. I would love to talk to the writer David Lowry, and then they respond back, not that one, <laughs> and not that one. Yeah, no Green Knight questions, but no, this director. 
Prieto, Luis Prieto, I believe is the, his name. And also the movie stars John Malkovich. This is one of the movies that Eric Holmes is looking forward to on January 14th. It's in theaters and on demand. You have one more pick, Eric? Yeah. Uh, the other one is called The Pink Cloud. Uh, apparently this was uh, started to be made in 2019 before the pandemic. On the trailer, they made a point that says this was written before the pandemic. Any similarities to real life was not blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, does it really matter? Uh, Pink Cloud comes upon this area and everyone's quarantined. Because if they go outside, the Pink Cloud will mess them up. And there's a guy and a girl uh, stuck in an apartment together. And they develop a relationship. And this kind of... The trailer almost looked almost like a Michael Haneke movie. Mm, so okay. I'm kind of I'm kind of interested in what this one. Uh, this could be like just a really boring indie thing, but it was that Haneke flick. It's not a Michael Haneke movie, as far as I can tell. Um, but it it looked like it had that kind of flavor to it, so uh, tickled my interest, and I will check it out. Hmm. Carlos Aguilar on RogerEbert.com calls this movie uncanny and ambitious. Again, Eric Holmes, thank you for enabling me to actually open an email that I should have opened a month ago. It hits digital and VOD March 1st for people who want to wait for this. But like Eric says, it hits select theaters January 14th in New York City and L.A. That is The Pink Cloud, January 14th. We are wrapping up with Eric's picks before we get to Bruce's picks for January 14th, Daniel, let's get to your picks. Let's get to your picks, and then we're going we're gonna to get to okay. Bell in a second. What are your picks for January uh, Well, I have actually January 10th, mm-hmm. uh, odd time. We have uh, on Shudder a uh, documentary that came out last year in the festival circuit that I was waiting to see called Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched, The History of Folk Horror. This is a three-plus-hour documentary on the entire history of folk horror so if you're into this yeah you can bathe in this uh, i'm sure there's uh, plenty of craziness to go around in this one eric so holmes pretty... are you into this are you into you you your eyes finally just lit up it hasn't been lit up like the, like christmas trees uh, christmas tree lights since your review of don't look up you just looked excited what's going on with you buddy the only the only way bruce can sell this more is to tell me that michael J. white is in it <laughs> It was directed by Kier La Janice. That's almost like Jai White. Janice. <laughs> there you go. Close enough. He might be. Who knows how many of these folk horror movies. It could be popping up in one of those. <laughs> um, and then on January 14th, proper on Netflix, uh, we have a three-part. Uh, it's called a series, but it really isn't. It's a movie with three 30-minute segments, by each one by a different animator. And it's called The House. And the common setting is the same house in different time periods and it's all done in stop motion animation and the different animators have different styles and it looks like it's going to be creepy and weird and funny. Uh, think somewhat similar in style to the fantastic Mr. Fox, that kind of look to some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what the house is. And then I'm not going to talk about it other than to say, if you have Apple TV plus the tragedy of Macbeth by Joel Cohn, Cohen will be available at that time okay the tragedy of joel cowan but go on yeah joe cowan (laughs) and anderson (laughs) cohen (laughs) and anderson cohen look i i did receive a screener link about on december 21st for woodlands dark and dark and days be wished a history of folk horror it's actually i just opened up the email again it's i have the screener bruce please tell tell our listeners that you're not going to make me and eric watch this for next week's find your film are you (laughs) no i'll 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 get it at some point but uh (laughs) No, you don't have to. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. Eric, you don't want to watch this, do you? Nah. I, I do. I do. Okay, but, okay. but I can see you saying, what, three hours? Nope. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm going to get both of you guys a screener. Maybe we'll we'll give this one a shot. It premieres again on Shutter Monday, January 10th, like Bruce Porky was saying. Bruce Porky, that wraps up all of our – what? Yes, yes, Eric Holmes. Yes, sir. I, I, yes, sir. I am glad that Bruce brought up the house because that – I did flag that one on Netflix, but I, it was like a t. It looked like it was a TV. Is it a TV series or an anthology? See, I think it's weird. I think they call it a series, but I don't think it is. I think it really. It's one yeah. of those things where each part is thirty minutes, and it's basically an anthology. 
Yeah, like, it, it looked it looked really cool. I, I flagged that, but I thought it was a series, so then I just kind of scratched off the list. But I'm glad you brought it up. Now, here's the thing: we're not just doing picks for January 7th and January 14th. We have a couple of big movie reviews to get to get to. One of the first big movie reviews is a film called Bell. Eric Holmes, you have seen this. It's an animated film. I know basically nothing about it. Hopefully, this movie is this a movie that hopefully tell us about the movie. Hopefully, it's a movie that our listeners can check out when they see it. Hopefully, it's worth their time as well. All right. Well, it's uh, written and directed by Mamoru Hosada, and I believe uh, they did Mirai. Is that correct, Bruce? Yep. Um, I have not seen Mirai. Uh, Bruce has. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this has. This one, imagine if Satoshi Khan did an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast that had commentary about social media. And that's kind of what this is. That's um, a weird combination. I don't know. It I don't is. Know that... It is. But it, is it... it totally works. Well, okay. What works about Bell for yeah. you? Yeah, that's a weird. Comment. So, yeah, yeah. so Suzu, um, her, uh, it, it starts off with her mom dies. She watches her mom die. She's her mom's trying to save this little girl from drowning, and she successfully saves the girl, but dies in the process. And Suzu is, she has a lot of resentment for her mom. How could you leave your daughter like this? How could you, you know, uh, put yourself out there? And kind of to her credit, there were other people there. I'm kind of wondering why she was the only one, but that's new. You know, I guess the movie doesn't happen without that part. So, um, but anyway, uh, one of the things she loved doing was singing, but ever since her mom died, she had like a hang up about that and she couldn't sing anymore. Cause every time she tries, she starts crying or, you know, her, her voice cracks and this and that. But, um, at one point she, there's this online, um, kind of like, like a massive vir- multiplayer online thing, kind of a yeah, virtual, virtual world. world, and it's called U, the letter U, and she joins in on that. And once you join in on that, it kind of takes a lot of your biometrics and puts that into your avatar. And so now her avatar is Belle. She names it Belle. And in this virtual world, now she can sing. She in the virtual world, you can do whatever you want. And she starts singing, and she's really good at it and a lot of people in you are really taken by her and almost instantly she becomes a sensation in this virtual world and she um comes in contact with this other virtual avatar called the beast and this beast is kind of maybe like a uh maybe like an internet troll but like a really popular one if i got that right and it's kind of, uh, they're trying to figure out who the beast is, but she knows that, you know, she knows that there's something deeper about him. And this gets, uh, really in the weeds as far as like, uh, relationship human stuff goes. Like you say, uh, beauty and the beast, you kind of know what that is. But, um, I also said Satoshi Khan, so I would hope <laughs> that that would inspire some thought that uh oh they go a little it, it's more than just the surface area of what this is about kind of like a teton teton's not just about someone banging a car it's got that in it it's about more than that that's kind of what this what bill is it's beauty and the beast with commentary on on internet culture but it goes deeper than that and the music's really great and the ending may have got me a little uh May have dropped here, one or oh. three of them. Very cool. It features the voices of Chase Crawford, Manny Jacinto, Kylie McNeil, and Hunter Schaefer, Bruce Perky. You are. I commanded you to not finish this movie because we're going to do it. I'm going to watch it. We're going to talk about it next week on Find Your Film. But you can't. Although you can't give a full review from what you've seen so far of Bell, and can you give context with what you've seen from this director as well? How is Bell faring so far for you? Yeah, I'm about I'm a little over halfway through and I, I so far I'm really liking it quite a bit and I'm kind of curious to see how it nails the landing or doesn't, you know. But um what it, it's hard to describe this movie and get the feel for what it is, but I think one thing I would say is that there's about half of the time is in this at least so far. Half of the time is in this kind of virtual world and half of the time is in this very grounded world. So when you think of anime, the virtual world kind of fits your expectations of anime you know these really bold colorful dazzling characters and lots of stuff going on and then the the real world stuff 
is super duper grounded, very realistic, um, and not stereotypical. I really, I really appreciate that about this director from what I've seen so far. Uh, I guess he's got another movie that's really great called uh, Wolf Children, which I have not seen. And I'll just me- quickly mention Mirai, which I just watched because I was like, I saw Belle coming up when we were doing research for this. And I thought, well, I've seen this Mirai thing around before. I wonder what that's about. And it's kind of similar, but a little a little more grounded even. And it's, I'll just tell you really quickly, it's about a four-year-old who has a brand new daughter, or brand new daughter, <laughs> brand new sister, you know, Jesus. his little sister comes That's in. A very futuristic yeah. family. Bruce, Bruce yeah. this is a family show. Family sorry, show. sorry. Hey, come on. No. Uh, so he's a four-year-old boy and his parents bring home his brand new little sister. And of course he's resentful and he's not getting the attention anymore. And how he kind of goes into his imaginary world and, and all the things that happen in there, but it's very grounded too. Uh, and this director has a way of really, I think giving emotion and uh, depth to those scenes. So, so far I'm really impressed by this movie as well. Okay. Very, very good. Well, uh, well I guess we'll have a final wrap up on bell next week when Bruce and I finally see the movie. Bruce is halfway through Eric Holmes. One more thing. Is this a strong recommend for you, for Belle? Because you said third act got you a little bit chopping onions, but you you really liked how the themes work together. How strong of a recommend is this for you? Like maybe, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, first of all, the anime, like just on a on a service level, uh, animation is really good. Character designs are really awesome. You know, it's it's fun to look at, and all the emotional stuff works. I I think this is a really strong recommend. But keep in mind, I'm the guy that likes don't look up. So take that <laughs> oh, for what it's worth. Here we go. Here we go. No, and again, I'm going to defend you. There are a lot of people who really I, do love I would don't say, look up. I would say that because I, I haven't. This is the only thing by uh, Mamoru Hosada that I've seen, and he seems to be picking up where Satoshi Khan left off. Those are big and words, buddy. I well, it's uh, according. I mean, based on this one, he's kind of earned it, and I kind of want to go watch his other movies and see uh, if those hold up as well. I've, uh, from what I'm hearing of Mariah, it sounds like that would be the case. Um, but I'd be excited to see. Mariah's a much smaller film, but it's really, really good too. So, and I'm I'm hearing that this guy is considered one of the kind of the elite. Uh, members of kind of up and coming last 10 years of anime. So that's not really my forte anime. So I kind of take other people's word on that. And like you said, from what we've seen so far from this guy, he seems really interesting and solid. Yeah. And keep in mind, I'm, I'm with uh, Bruce and that I'm not that steeped into it. So if, uh, if someone's more into anime than we are, and they're like, you son of a bee, uh, Mamoru Hosada's been around 20 years before Satoshi Khan. That could be that could be the case, and I don't know. But I, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, the two seem to be kindred spirits. And I like Satoshi Khan, and I like this, and they have a lot of similarities that I appreciate. That is very, very cool. Really strong, kind words from Eric. And it seems like a very a cool movie to watch. That is Belle. Again, this animated film. Five-time Annie Award-nominated movie. It hits theaters January 14th. And also, it has IMX, I'm, IMX, IMAX previews starting January 12th in over 1,000 screens. So that's... Yeah, you're in. Okay, hopefully this, it plays This would definitely parts. be good to see on a big screen. That's what I was thinking about. I was watching it. I bet you Eric was too because I haven't finished it yet, I can imagine this on a big screen being really impressive. Okay, yeah. very, very cool. That is Bell. Really strong. I'm so glad after my review of The Tender Bar, listeners, there is some really interesting movie you can see again on January 14th. Now, we're going to close out the show with a recommendation from Bruce Perky. I believe, I could be wrong, this movie is a top 10 of 2021 for him. Bruce has seen it. Eric has recently seen it. Let's talk about this new film, and hopefully this will be value-added for you because I think this is on a streaming service as well. Bruce, can you lead us off with the last segment? Yes. So this is called Meander. It's uh, directed by, uh, I probably won't say it right because I think it's French, uh, Mathieu Thury. <laughs> uh, he's either French or French-Canadian. It's kind of a co-production. Uh, the main actress in this is Gaia Weiss, and she is in about every scene of this movie, I think. Basic concept, it starts out like this, and then I'll let Eric take off because I've already talked about it a little bit on Find Your Film. By the way, I rewatched it again. So this will be my th- I've watched it three times now since it came yes. out in okay. the summer, early, late spring, early summer. Um, it starts out, she's laying in the road, some country road, looking up at the stars, like laying in the middle of the road. A car comes up. She stands up. This car stops, says, hey, you want to 
you need a ride? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm okay. And she had the car starts to drive away. She changes her mind. She gets in the car. A few seconds later, she starts to think like, uh-oh, I'm in the wrong car with the wrong person for various reasons. And he proceeds to grab her, knock her out. She wakes up in a strange room. She has a strange, almost like it looks like a diving suit on, like, like a, like a wetsuit. And she's in a strange room with some kind of illumination on the walls and a portal, like a circular portal on one side, a thing on her wrist that's like a, a lit up bracelet, like a large bracelet. And it has a timer for 11 minutes. And the portal opens up and she's in this, I don't know, what is it? A saw-like trap? What is this thing? And uh, that's kind of the beginning of it. And then Eric can say what he and- thought because he's the first, he's new to this, so... Eric, before you go, I'm looking on on Amazon Prime Video where it's streaming, and I apologize for interrupting. It's this movie's 91 minutes, so I think by default I'm already giving it three stars. Here's the thing, though: there's someone, Bruce. Again, this is a top ten for you, right? Number seven or number six? One of those things. Yep. Okay. So yeah, I'm looking at Amazon Prime Video. Eric Holmes, I want to speak. I want you to speak to Bruce's assertion. Here's another review of Meander. Meander Dash. Save yourself an hour and a half of garbage. Eric, where do you stand, garbage or brilliant? Which is, I, I guess, what uh, Bruce don't Mackie stand stands. there. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, I can say that uh, this movie is um, very claustrophobic. So if you are claustrophobic, you will have. Uh, I am with a lot of this. Uh, the main character has no sense of urgency, which is extremely frustrating to watch um, <laughs> because you know at certain times, like she's crawling through these tunnels. And then the tunnels like start moving or getting smaller or there's traps. And it's like, come on, let's move it. And she'll just sit there and just like stare at the ground. I'm like, move your butt. <laughs> like you're going to die. What, what you, you don't have time. The timer is literally on her wrist going down. Um, and so there was a bunch of stuff like that that was fr- really frustrating to watch. Um, kind of added to the tension and also to the claustrophobia, uh, to be honest. And that I had as a mark against it. But then the movie goes places. And now that makes sense. And I can't explain why. <laughs> um, there's uh, this, this this movie starts off like kind of, it, it's really similar to Cube. If you like Cube check this out this is like a version of cube if uh cube had a satisfying ending because as much as i love cube that ending is kind of uh, ending is not great we'll say you, you, you spend a time with the characters and then it ends that way this this has for me it has a satisfying ending and it yeah i'll just say that it goes places and i really liked it but i could also see other people watching the same movie and the places it goes, they could just, you know, throw everything up in the air and say, F this movie. Um, and they're both right. I, I think if you're into movies like The Platform, like Cube, like these kind of these high concept, um, I don't know what you call them, predicament sort of movies, that you you would definitely be possibly interested in this movie. But what I would say, I think is, I don't know if Eric can speak to this, is that for a pretty low budget movie, the production values are really great. Uh, and there's a lot of style to this movie uh, that doesn't have to be there, I don't think. And I believe this director has a real flair and a real grasp on editing and tension and uh, framing and just setting up. Like this movie could be the same thing all the way through. And it is to some degree, but it's constantly changing elements of what's happening as it goes. And I think that shows you um, somebody who's really doing some pretty interesting storytelling. And I think this is, I think I said this to you guys or on one of the pages, I said, this is one of those guys that I could see getting snapped up by the, you know, Marvel universe or DC universe. Cause they might see this guy and go like, Oh, this guy could do something with a huge budget. I don't know if I want him to have a huge budget, but I think he could. I also, I think where this movie shines above movies like cube and platform, which I, I love both those movies, but I, this is the only movie of this type that seems like had an idea for an ending. Whereas like the platform in the cube is here's the situation that they're in and we get to watch them go through that situation for an hour and a half. And, and it's completely fun. And, you know, they get to see, you know, things that they're saying outside of what the plot is. But with this one, uh, they clearly have 
this has a story outside of what the what the trap is. So you got the meander, you know, you got the cube, you got the platform kind of story. But then when it goes places, it you can tell that they had uh, they had more than just um, a high concept in mind. They had a story they wanted to tell, and that's not something you normally get with movies like this. Mm. And would you also agree that the that Gaia Weiss, like she, as an actress, she does a really good job. I mean, you might be annoyed by her what she does, but she's really good. Yeah. And her character, and again, that, and again I, I wish we could right. do spoilers on this because the reason, the stuff that frustrated me when you get to the later part of the movie, I'm like, got it. I see. I see why that makes sense now. But well, and you to your to your point that. about this move, movie versus Cube and some of those other ones is that. She has an actual character, and her character actually matters in this story. And a lot of those movies, the characters are a type or a certain type of person to like play off another type of person or a character trait, but she's an actual character. And I think that yeah. that is, um, is done pretty brilliantly in this with very minimal exposition, and the exposition they, exposition they give you is done in a, a stylish way, I think. So uh, I think this is a real value added for people who, who give it a try. Okay, so Bruce, where can people see it? I'm thinking just Amazon Prime Video would be the the best way to do it, I guess, for Meander. Yeah, that or check out, go grab a Blu-ray, grab a DVD, go rent it, uh, whatever way you need to get it. I, I think it's uh, worth it. I think it's really, I think it's really entertaining too. And my kid watched it and he loved it too. So that's you know, 15, 17, 16 year old kid liked it. So that's a little bit something. Bruce, better on the rewatch too. Does it get better on uh, what multiple times for you? I really liked it, and this is the kind of movie that I could see people... If you don't like it the first time, obviously you're not going to want to rewatch it. But if you enjoyed it the first time, it has rewatchability. Because there's a lot of clues. There's a lot of little touches that you can catch on the on the rewatch. And you can see... Once again, when you see a filmmaker is doing these little extra little pieces in there, little clues and little touches that you don't have to have in there, but they're giving them to you. So you can decode it further if you want to. So I like that a lot. Very cool. That is Meander again, streaming on Amazon Prime Video. Or Bruce is endorsing physical media. If if the, uh, the Blu-ray, if a Blu-ray or DVD of Meander is available in your local stores, or if you're on Amazon, or however you want to purchase it, purchase it on physical media. Eric, do you endorse it on physical media as well? Would it be a, a good Blu-ray or DVD purchase? Yeah, yeah. This is one. Uh, this is one you'd probably want to. If again, like Bruce said, if you like it, this is probably one you're going to watch a couple times. Okay, so that is Meander. We are closing out our show for Cinematics. We we covered three movies. We've covered the first two weeks of January. I believe Anderson Cowan, who is, we love you, Anderson. He calls January the dumping ground. But here's the thing. The tender bar is fits into the dumping ground character <laughs> category. It does. It's not even. I don't even know if you want to dump it. You might want to incinerate the, the tender bar. I'm not a big, big fan of this movie whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Listeners, if I have ever given you any value over the five years, or maybe maybe this might be the first time I've ever given you value, please, your time is precious. The tender bar, it's gonna, you're going to see it on your Amazon Prime video. You know what else is on Amazon Prime video? Meander. So before you put your, your finger, your grubby finger, on the tender bar, move it over and type in M-E-A-N-D-E-R and then watch Meander. And again, January 14th. Strong endorsement from you, Eric Holmes from Bell, correct? Yes, very strong. Very, very strong. Oh, by the way, Bruce, you know what's also a good movie for rewatchability factor? Don't look up. Don't look up. I heard Eric Holmes, do you endorse Don't Look Up as a rewatchability? Uh, does it get better, you think, about a second watch? What do you think? Is is, a, is that oh, movie that, that you, you might watch it again I, down the road, I, sir? Well, we'll see what my fourth watch brings, but so far up to my third watch has been pretty good. Oh, wow. Third watch? for See, Bruce? I, I've watched it a couple times. Okay, so you've watched you've watched Don't Look Up twice, correct, Eric Holmes? Three times. Three times. You've watched it three times? Yeah. Saw so, so it in the theater, and then it came out on Netflix. I watched it, and then... Uh, watch it with the uh, the niece and nephew, and they loved it too. They love they like that they uh, they love don't look up as well, right? Uh, my niece, my nephew, he he was uh, he had a uh, Black Panther doll that he wanted to play with, so he gets uh, distracted. <laughs> that wasn't okay. Lies. First of all, Lies. that wasn't that wasn't your nephew. That was actually me. I was actually on Zoom, actually playing with my oh, Black sorry. Panther. Yes, yes, and and it's a family show. That's I'm going to say it's a Black Panther. Greg was sitting yeah, there. Yes, they'll never know it's me. They'll never know. <laughs> and what is that? And what is that, Bruce? You're, you're holding. Oh, oh, I'm Bruce. just playing with my Frankenstein doll while we're talking. You have a, you have a Frankenstein doll. Okay. <laughs> So, again, Bruce Perky, he's seen Meander three times. 
Eric Holmes has seen Don't Look Up three times. These are huge recommendations. Don't Look Up from Eric Holmes. Meander from Bruce Perk. And for me, a movie I've seen twice is The Power of the Dog. So great movie, Bruce, correct? Huh? Um, yeah, yeah right? so... Uh, uh, yes. The Power of the Dog. You uh, said it's like your favorite movie of like the last 20 years. Is that what you said? Wait, uh, hang on. The Power of the Dog. What? Cutting out a little bit. Ooh, I'm cutting um, out. Thank oh, you, Bruce. Oh, let's yes. See, I watched Meander three times and I spent four and a half hours doing that. You watched The Power of the Dog twice and spent more than four and a half hours. Yes. And I Eric did. spent about six hours. Um, oh, by the way, Gaia Weiss in uh, Meander, yes. better performance than any performance by Ben Affleck. Oh, 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 way to close the show. We will see you guys next next week. But for not uh, better than Ron Perlman and Don't Look Up. Yes. And before we... <laughs> before, very, very good. And before we go, again, listeners, I know you miss Anderson Callen. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. My suggestion to you again, which I, I said the last episode... Look, he told you guys he loves Stanley Kubrick. That's all a sham. He's a huge Steven Spielberg fan. So again, whatever Anderson's P.O. box is for the film vault after the disaster, send him some physical media copies of Steven Spielberg movies because he's trying to build a Steven Spielberg collection. Is that what you heard, Eric Holmes? He's trying to build a, a shrine of Steven Spielberg physical media? What do you think? Yeah, so if you meet Steven Spielberg, um, just bring Steven Spielberg meat or maybe his bones, uh, just oh, pieces of Spielberg and send it that's to That's dark, Eric Holmes. A, what? Uh, P.O. Box. That's like the most dangerous game, Dark. Bruce Perky, I was just talking about DVDs and Blu-rays. What DVD and Blu-rays are you sending to Anderson Counts? Uh, I think me. everyone should send him a copy of War Horse. Just, just all War Horse. Okay. All, all he War gets Horse. is like War Horse. I was. I hold, think, on. Hold, I, hold on. Let me I get think, that. Uh... I think there's a director's cut of the Terminal, which I think I'm going to buy, and I might send it to his PO box over at the Film Vault or uh, after disaster. What do you think? So we got War Horse, the Terminal. So, Air comes. Uh, what are you going to buy for for Anderson for Spielberg? Yeah, if you, if you want to uh, get a copy of the Terminal on DVD, you can send it in care of Anderson Cowan at PO Box. Five seven zero zero five eight Tarzana California nine one three five seven and that's that's you know uh, it can be the terminal DVD uh, Blu-ray I don't think they made VHS but if you can find one I know that he's huge very cool. into collecting uh, mini VHSs so very very that, good that thank you Eric Holmes thank you Eric Holmes. again that's PO Box five seven zero zero five eight Tarzana California nine one three five seven care of Anderson Callen. Very good. And that Thank is the terminal. Much. That is a terminal and and War Horse. I don't know, I'm thinking. Do you have a third movie to round out? I mean, what what is that movie where he's where Mark Rylance is like a giant? What is that? The BFG or something? You wanna send him the BFG as well? Uh, this is a family this is a family show. Great. Oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh, Ty Sheridan. The... You know what? We, you know what they should uh, we talked about the tender bar? Ty Sheridan plays a young kid in the tender bar. Please send the terminal, okay, to Anderson. Send War Horse, and last but not least. Ready Player Ready One. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. So three movies to send. Oh, you know who else lives in Tarzana? Tarzana, California. Do you know who lives lives in Tarzana, California? Bruce Perky, Pop Quiz. Very famous director. Uh, Tarzan was he a director? Very, very, very. Know. You know, a Tarzana is the where director actually, Tarzan. You know what's so funny? Actually, Tarzana was a place where Edgar Rice Burroughs lived, and in the Tarzana, there's a post office. Yeah, which I told has you. See, I was right. Very good. You're very smart. Actually, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, PTA. Actually, lives up in the hills of Tarzana, California, and that's another filmmaker that Anderson Cowan likes. But well, the again, guy that made like all those like uh, Resident Evil movies, that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's very, very, Paul very Anderson. good. That's another yeah. Paul Anderson. Where we're, we're, we're yeah. screwing up the names again as as, you, as per usual since we we me bruce and eric we love to parrot the the brilliance of anderson cowan remember as we're signing off for this episode of cinematics we always do it for spielberg <laughs>